This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my co-host, Brie Ducker. Why, hello, hello. Here's Johnny. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> funny because we we record this on an app called GarageBand where I can see the sound waves when I talk. So Is I'm it? like, how long can I extend that wave? To the, oh, like, it's pretty fun. That's tricky. It's a little fun game. I would do that too. While. Now we're doing podcast episodes. And now I'm watching it. Yeah. No, thanks. It's now I'm very, staring at it's the It's very at the like bars. mesmerizing, these sound waves. So I'll, I'll click them <laughs> off so we can focus on the task at hand. Okay, fine, Mom. Which, oh my gosh. So we have a great episode for you today about helping you get your kids out the door on time without yelling. Yes, because, okay, so this kind of got inspired by a TikTok I watched. Oh, really? Yes. And it was talking about... Um, the effect that yelling at your kids in the morning can have on them, like yelling at them to get them out the door, what that does to your children as the day goes on. Yeah. I mean, well, just thinking about it myself, like if I'm yelled at or rushed in the morning, my whole day goes haywire. Right. You just never feel on top of it. You never feel relaxed. You just feel, I actually, you know what? That might be why I feel the way I do today. Because today I, it was a rush of a morning. I woke yeah. up later than usual. My daughter had to be at school by 6 35. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She's running for a student council oh. position and she wanted to go hang up all her posters Yay. that early in the morning, which is great. But because I was later, because I usually work out in the morning, I like, I had to split my workout in two where I did 10 minutes. Then I took her to school. Then I came back. I did 10 minutes and it was just all chaotic and I didn't feel on top of things at all, which could be how kids feel. Yeah, you'd feel like, to me, that sounds like a morning where I would feel like I'm just constantly tripping on the treadmill. Yep. Like I, I'm trying to get back up and I just keep falling down. Mm. But yeah, the, it again, it, it has a lot about that. There's a lot of 
physiological things that when somebody is rushing you and you've had that chaotic morning, but especially the impact that parents have on their kids. But the great news is, is that even though it can be negative, we have ways to make it better. Yeah. So we're going to tell you exactly what it does, and then we're going to give you some action steps in today's episode. So if you're looking for another podcast to add into your rotation, go check out our friends, Brittany and Heather at The Okayest Moms. Uh, Their podcast is available wherever you listen to the No Guilt Mom podcast. And it's a podcast for the imperfect modern mom. A lot like what we do here at No Guilt Mom. And every Tuesday, Brittany and Heather talk about a range of motherhood topics. They believe that every mom deserves an identity outside of motherhood. Yes, check. Self-care is more than just a shower and that motherhood looks differently for everyone. If you love No Guilt Mom, you are going to love the OKS Moms podcast. And don't miss the monthly OKS Moms Moments episodes where we sh- they share real life stories of the messy, imperfect side of motherhood. Uh, and I was recently a guest on their podcast and they asked me my okayest mom moment at the end and uh, go find that episode. I'm not going to tell you here. It's a good one too. It's a good one. So check out the okayest moms podcast everywhere you listen to No Guilt Mom. So Joanne, I had the best weekend. Actually, we got to do something together over the weekend. Yes. We got to go uh, on the river. I started to say rafting. We were kayaking, paddleboarding. You usually associate rafting with rivers, but yes. Not here in Phoenix. Our rivers are much smaller. (laughs) They're a little smaller. They're a little smaller. (laughs) They're a little smaller. But it was fun. It was hot. And you just came back probably like I did. I was just so relaxed and I didn't want to do anything. Oh, my goodness. And then also you're just, I I was relaxed and a little exhausted because Mm -hmm. it was a long morning and then... And, and, you know, unloading all the equipment, washing everything once we got home, putting it back up. Then I go upstairs to take a shower and my laundry hamper is overflowing. Yes. It was ridiculous. And I started to like almost like I had that like well up inside of me of like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get this all done today? I still have to like finish meal prepping for the week. And I've got all this laundry. And then I was like, oh. I have hamper. You do have hamper. I have hamper. So you just like piled it all in your hampers and pulled up the app and I did. It was done in about mm, sixty seconds. That it was so, so simple. Much better than doing laundry for four hours. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh! Yes, like I just threw them into my into my hamper spots. Took my camera out. Like opened the app. Took a picture of my little QR code. And within thirty seconds, it was scheduled to be picked up at four o'clock. Chelsea grabbed it. Thank you so much, Chelsea. <laughs> and by the time I leave work today the very next day um it's going to be sitting on my front porch folded that and done that is amazing it makes me a little bit jealous too because when I came back from the river I did my laundry I don't know why I didn't use hamper and it's right now sitting in a basket in my room that I have to fold so it's right? like more work I have to do I, I so. I'm sorry about that one but I'm very happy with my choice so I suggest you go breeze route <laughs> go check out hamper noguiltmom.com forward slash h-a-m-p-r don't forget to use our code no guilt 10 for $10 off your annual membership. And now on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids. And we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. So 
Oh, oh my gosh. School started for many, many people everywhere. And if your school hasn't started yet, it's probably going to in the next few days, seeing if you go to actually a school and not homeschool. But getting out the door in time is such a hard, hard thing for families because I don't know about you, Brie, but I remember my parents like being like, why aren't you ready yet? We got to leave. We got to leave. We got to leave. Um, I wish I could blame that on my parents. Uh, unfortunately, no, I didn't have that so much for my parents. I was a school bus person and they left oh. in the morning. I was a latchkey kid, so it was on my own. But I will say this. I am that parent. Oh. I am the parent that up until my kids started high school, I was constantly like, hurry, we got to go. We got to go. We got to get out the door. Come on, hurry, hurry, hurry. And it just, it never helped. But yet you felt compelled to still do it, right? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what's modeled. If you look at any sort of TV show about people going to school, yeah. it's always the parents being like, oh my gosh, grab this and grab that and grab that. And it makes it seem like a chaotic morning is expected, even though that makes us really tense and stressed pretty much right. the whole day. And it makes it seem like that chaos is going to work too. Because like in my head, what was happening was, I don't know, say my son wasn't ready yet, but my daughter was downstairs ready and I was ready. And all I could see in my head was, oh my gosh, we're going to get to school. The drop-off line is going to be extra long. Then they're going to barely get in there and then they're going to end up being late. So then I'm going to get called back to have to like sign them in for being late. And then I'm going to be late for my morning meeting. And then I'm going to get yelled at by my boss and everybody's going to be like, what a flake is Bree. She's constantly late to everything. And then I would just like, that is that. quite the yes. pressure. In like five seconds, that in would all five happen seconds. in my head. Yeah. And then I would just explode and I would just be like, Hurry up, get your butt down here. We gotta go. No, yeah, I would. And then my son would come stumbling down the stairs as fast as his little feet could carry him. But I don't think you're rare there. I think many parents go through that same thought process in their head in the morning. I think so. I really think so. And then, like you talked about before, how do you how do you feel when someone yells at you? Yeah, not great. Right, crappy. Yes. And Mm -hmm. and having a, a quick rushed morning can really set off a big chunk of your day. And I think that we kind of like let that pass. Like, so again, I talked about this at the beginning, but this episode kind of got started because I saw a TikTok where it showed this parent yelling at their kid and their kid coming downstairs and huffing and puffing and getting in the car, slamming the door and like staring out the window the whole way to school. And um, and then the parents in the car and he's still yelling at the kid on the drive to school. Then the kid gets out, they go to school and then they're sitting there and they just keep like fidgeting from side to side. And the parent goes off to work. And the, the point of the TikTok was that when we do that, when we yell, it tends to set off like that fight or flight system in our kids. They tend to like freak out. Oh, my gosh. Inside their body gets like really tense. Mm-hmm. And they're dealing with that reaction because of the fact that we we had that interaction in the morning. And, and we're dealing with that reaction. Yes, like, we're dealing with it, too. But then they get to school and they still have that reaction going. So now they're in class and they can't focus because their body is on high anxiety level. You've got hormones pumping through there at a million miles an hour. And all they can think about is how angry their parent is at them. Yeah. And then also just trying to help self-regulate themselves. But nobody knows what happens. All the teacher knows is that they're not paying attention or they're being flighty or they're being fidgety. And then the whole day is lost. Yeah. And I think some kids adapt to this better than others. Like, so if you've yelled at your kids, like, don't think like you've totally ruined them forever. Oh, no, Um, no. It's not like that. Um, It's one of those things, though, where it's all about high emotions. It's all about showing our kids like how we deal with really strong emotions and big emotions and how we're modeling it for them as well as what people's high emotions do to you. Like losing your cool. And it gets extreme 
but it's also something that we can start right in how we raise our kids and show them how we regulate and maintain our own emotions so that they down the line see these skills on how they can regulate theirs. Right. So like, let's start with why it happens and what we can do to avoid this in the future. Hey, all it is Joanne and Brie here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe. And it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey guys, Brie here. And let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can finally breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine is the best decongestant available. It relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I absolutely love it. It is the only allergy medicine that works for me. So if you're ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just one quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Mm-hmm. For starters, like you just said, I hopefully articulated well, and hopefully I'm not alone here in podcast land. Other parents have been in my spot where you're stressed out. Like I said, maybe you're thinking ahead to all the things that could go wrong during the day mm-hmm. as a result of, of you guys being behind. But regardless, you are stressed out and that makes you flip your lid and you end up yelling. And that happens with a lot of us. We're just going to say it's fine because if you beat yourself up over every time you yell, you're you're not there's nothing going to be left of you. No, it's, it's, <laughs> you can't do that. It, it, I mean, it happens. It's it one does. of those things that comes with awareness and you you get better and better at it. Like, right. I mean, you say you're you're a yeller. I'm not a yeller. I'm a retreated to myself and cry and totally beat myself up, which is not a good way to be either. Right. It's not preferred. <laughs> like, we, have, we have two extremes. Not good. 
<laughs> I feel like I've gotten better at the yelling, but I do admit like that's where my that's where my stress goes to. My family talks about the fact that like I don't hide my feelings mm-hmm. at all. Oh, like yeah. there's never a time where you don't know how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so like when you do have that moment where you flip your lid and you end up yelling, what happens is that your child's sympathetic nervous system gets activated. And that is the whole fight or flight response. So think of it kind of like a gas pedal in the car. You've suddenly hit the gas and all these hormones are pumping through them now and their body is prepared for for chaos to ensue. They're trying to decide what's going on. Their body um, reacts in this way to help protect them. It's it's your it's your caveman part of your brain that is there to help perceive to help protect them and help uh, respond. You're a monkey flinging stuff in the corner. <laughs> there you go. Basically, yes. It downgrades into that limbic system response and like yeah. And then Just you think got- of that. <laughs> yes. And then you have to remember that it doesn't just shut off. It takes a while. And think about that with you too, right? Like as us as adults, like when we get upset and we get activated and our fight or flight has been kicked in, we can feel it in our Mm -hmm. body for a while. Oh, yeah. You feel the stress. You feel the anxiety. You feel everything and all these feelings that kids can't uh, verbalize. Right, exactly. So, okay, so you have that going on now, and you eventually are able to calm down through self-regulation skills and move on, you being the parent. And why? Because we've had experience, right? Yep. We know how to self-regulate. We know some things that work. Now, granted, we may not be the best at it in the world, but we at least know how to do it. And we've had more practice than our kids. We're able to move on. And you got the kids out the door. You guys got off to work. You got off to school. And you were fine and you weren't late. So you're able to kind of like relax and your body's able to calm down. But for our kids, they don't typically have that level of skill. No. So then once they've gotten to school, they're still activated. They're still dealing with the fight or flight going on. And especially if they're young and they don't have those really good self-regulation skills. So now they're at school and they're still completely activated. And it makes it hard for them to be able to be uh, calm and to be able to be there and be present in what's going on. So now we've kind of set them up to have a real crummy day at school. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's a lot of guilt that goes into that too. Like... A lot of guilt, like you may be feeling it right now and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. Like, this is like. Oh, but wait, awful, no, give us, give us five give us minutes. Some, give us some time give with us it. Five give minutes us some time with it. Because I, is... we've got things on how to avoid it afterwards. But I just want to like <clears throat> explain to everybody what actually happens when we have this happen. So, 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 okay, sorry, going back. Our kids are at school. The stressors are present. They're always present in, in your body. But being yelled at. Um, actually is what turns it on. And also, if you do do it a lot, that does have a negative impact on your child because that has higher levels of cortisol in their body. Overexposure to it ends up causing a lot of disruptions to their body processes as time goes on. And cortisol is the stress hormone. Yes, yes. So those are all the reasons that physiologically it can have a lasting impact on our kids when we're running out the morning and we do like Brie and we're like, hurry, 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 we're going to be late. Let's move, let's move, let's move. Okay. So now we're going to do what No Guilt Mom does best. We're going to tell you what you can do to avoid the situation. And of like, course, also give yourself a lot of self-compassion too. Yes. If you've gone through this, like. Because you're not alone. You're not alone. And a lot of things, like especially in our society, put like a heavy value on time and like mm-hmm. how time is money. <laughs> And that causes so, so much stress. And that's like a whole other issue that we can go into down the road. But really, like if this has happened to you, if you've yelled, like give yourself some self-compassion because um, it's always 
a total journey of being more self-aware. And once you know what you're doing, that's the first step. Right. Exactly. Like, you know what's happening. Okay, great. Now, how are we going to work to avoid this? Right? Yeah. So let's let's go back and you've had a stressful morning whatever the reason and you did flip your lid and you and you yelled mm-hmm. right and you're like come on hurry up let's get going um you can talk to your kid about it talk to your kid the first thing i would do is apologize like yes. and i don't say this like for a shame inducing thing i apologize to my kids all the time and so many adults feel like they shouldn't apologize to children but it is the best thing ever because when they see you apologize to them they are more likely to apologize and take accountability for their own actions to others exactly and you know what that teaches them too Mm -hmm. we can make mistakes and we can work on building that and and repairing it everybody makes mistakes yeah so yeah apologize be like hey i was really stressed and worried about leaving this morning and i raised my voice at you and i am so sorry yeah yeah and and my and I can think of many times when this happened in my car. And I'm making it sound like many times like I've screamed at my kids every day. And it didn't happen every day by any means, but it happened enough times that I remember it and I know the impact it had on my kids. So the next thing I would say to them after is like, I'm really sorry I yelled. Mm-hmm. And and I'm just looking at Joanne because I'm going to be like, hey, if anybody knows Brie, you know that 90% of the time Brie is just as running behind as anybody else. <laughs> so even though I'm yelling at my son because his, he doesn't have his shoes yet, chances are I was only 30 seconds ahead of him. So he really didn't deserve did, a great did, big yell. Yeah. But, but I, I digress. But so, it's all those thoughts going through your head too about yeah. like this like cataclysmic yeah. sequence of events, the slippery slope going oh, yeah. down the and hill then, that caused then, the big reaction. And then at the end, we were all going to end up living in that van, van down, down by the river. It was down by the river. Because yeah. they flunk out of school and I would lose my job and hey, we're living in a van just because we were late getting out the door one day. Yes. But regardless, the next thing I would say is not only say like, I'm sorry, part of that was me. I shouldn't have yelled. But I would also say, do you guys have any, do you have any ideas on things that we could do differently next time? And I say that just as like a problem solving thing. Not every kiddo is ready to have that conversation right Mm -hmm. off the bat. But mine, we're always happy to jump right in with suggestions. Yeah. Mine are a little like reluctant. And it's so interesting because my sister-in-law actually brought this problem um, to me two weeks ago. Um, about like how her son was getting late. It was causing a lot of stress in the family. Oh, yeah. um, they weren't getting out the door in time. He was making his younger brother late to daycare. And I asked um, just one simple question. I'm like, does he know the time that you need to leave? And she's like, I don't think he does. And so that is first like a great thing when you start problem solving. Mm-hmm. Be like, okay, we need to leave by this time every morning. Yep. Um, And making that really, really clear. And then something that we do in our course, uh, Tame the Morning Chaos for Kids, which teaches kids these steps. So like if you don't want to be the teacher of this, we can teach them for you. Um, But is making this plan to give kids a bit of an incentive to get ready. Because a lot of kids are like, oh, I don't care if I'm ready for school on time. Like I can just go right out the door. But If they are used to not being allowed screen time in the morning, not being allowed to play on games or anything like that, you can use something called buffer time where you say, okay, if you are ready by this time in the morning, which is usually like 20 minutes beforehand, you can do whatever you would like to do. And you can decide as a family, like, what do you like to do? Is it playing Minecraft? Is it like Roblox? Is it watching a YouTube video? What do you want to do if you're completely ready to go out the door? by this time in the morning. 
And when you do that, you build in that time for things to happen. You build in the time for, okay, I'm going to, I don't know where my shoes are. And I'm going to have to look around the whole house to find my shoes. Or I have no clean clothes. <laughs> I have to find the <laughs> shirt that is the least dirty and put it on. So it's really uh, padding your schedule like that. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell?, laughing in the face of motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. <laughs> well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I think that a huge thing you mentioned there too is that so often we we kind of accidentally set our kids up for failure when it term in terms of getting out in the morning because we don't mention the little things to them. Yeah. Like we have to leave the house. Like we have to be in the car by 715 mm -hmm. or you or anything like that. And a lot of times too, when I would be talking to my kids, especially if it was a day where I had like an especially big blow up, normally it's because I had something going on at work. Mm -hmm. And I would say like, I'm really sorry. I yelled, I have a work, I have a work meeting today and I have to be absolutely at my desk by no later than 8 a.m. Yeah. And then you know what would almost always happen? My daughter would be like, well, why didn't you just tell us that? Yeah. And, and sharing like, that with kids. You're like, yeah, why didn't I? So like giving them the tools that they can be to be successful. That's a huge thing. Making that plan together. Mm -hmm. That's a, That's a huge thing. So like, so we talked about once you flip your lid, repair by apologizing, taking ownership of anything that you could have done differently, asking them about a plan for going forward. And when I say asking about the plan, again, that can happen in the car if your kids are at that level. If they're not at that level, you do it later when everybody's calm mm -hmm. and talk to them about it. But another big one, I know that you and I are huge about this, is showing your kids how to self-regulate as well. So like as soon as you've yelled, you've got everybody in the car, you're driving and in your head you're thinking, okay, we're on our way now. We're going to be fine. I'm not, okay, I don't think we're going to be late now. Okay, crap, I yelled at everybody. All right, I need to calm myself down. So then I start breathing and I start, and I try to breathe very loudly mm -hmm. to like show my kids I'm breathing. Like, and if they ask, I'll be like, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to calm down a little bit and this helps me calm. 
Mm -hmm. Or talking through it aloud too. Your kids look at you like a crazy person, but that could be very effective. It is. It really, truly is. I'm going to take a big breath. But sometimes like I get to the point, and I don't know about you, I am so mad. Like I am so mad. And again, like I usually haven't yelled, but I will become stony faced, no emotion, no talking, completely cold and like turned out to the world, which isn't the best way to do it. Cut off. (laughs) It's not good. It's not good to do it. And like I I won't even be able to do the calming stuff. I won't even be able to do it. And it's fine. And I and I tell them, I'm like, you know what? I am so mad right now. I need to cool down. And I tell the whole car that. And usually it's met with they're very silent. They're very silent. But it's giving permission for anger as well. Yeah. Because how many of us were taught that we cannot be angry? We and you, it, This even goes back to yelling. Like yelling is bad. We cannot lose our cool with anyone. And I think that ties into women and being angry because I don't think that men are given the same kind of um, suggestions about yelling. I don't think people ever tell men like they call them the yelling dad or like I don't want to be a dad who yells. It's not as it's, pervasive. I was going to say yes. I think it's definitely more accepted. Mm-hmm. It's more for, accepted for a man to raise his voice rather than a woman in general. Yeah, in general, it's more accepted. But especially like you said too in the in the parenting roles, dads yeah. are. It's more accepted that dads can yell than than moms. It's like oh, dads have a, a rough day at work. Hello, we all have rough days at work. Why is anger accepted in one situation and not in others? And so it's like if you're if you can't talk about it. That's fine. Like yeah. you can be angry. It is okay to be angry. But um, the important thing was you were communicating it. You're communicating your anger and you're showing your kids too that it's not acceptable to take your anger out on other people. Right. So mm-hmm. like letting them know where you're at. So again, like, this whole process is whatever you can take, this is what you're going to use going forward. And then I would say also the conversation will, so like, Again, depending upon how you have the conversation when you have it, either in the car, in the moment, or if you're having it after school or having it later that night or the Mm -hmm. next morning, I I don't care. But another thing that's important is to also ask your kid how they were feeling. Mm -hmm. You know, um, how do you feel in the morning when when we need to get out the door and you're running behind? How do you feel um, after I I yell that we're going to be late from downstairs and say, hurry up, get down? It's important to ask them these things because – when you ask them about their feelings, that puts them in a position where they actually can start processing their own feelings, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And being able to understand, oh, I feel anxious in the morning when we're running behind. So then they can understand too, I don't want to feel anxious. Okay, what are things we can do to avoid that anxiety? Like you said, talk about your schedule in the morning, maybe getting yeah. up earlier, maybe not having as much to do in the morning, maybe picking out your clothes the day before. Like there's so many solutions that you can do, but if they don't even realize that they're anxious in the morning or they don't even realize how they feel when you yell at them, they're not going to be able to start moving moving through all this and work through that fight or flight response. Yeah, they don't know if they feel rushed. They don't know what that feels like, the feeling in your stomach, the stress, Yeah, everything. So it's good to really talk with them about it and work it work through it as well um as well as set the example of what to do when you feel stressed and it's hard too it's hard if you like have a partner at home who really isn't as attuned to feelings or even can be yeah like i I just want to put this out here for because a lot of times we tend to protect our partner and tell me like if you've ever had this but you're like oh my husband is so stressed 
And uh, he's like yelling and being snappy with the kids in the morning because he's late. And so you try to go protect him by trying to do all this stuff ahead of time and to tell the kids ahead of time so that he's not grumpy with them and he's not stressed. While really the whole responsibility for his emotions lies with him and we cannot do anything about it. It puts a lot more on your shoulders when you're trying to take responsibility for everybody's emotions in the house. Yeah. So it's just a lot. When you are feeling like you're losing it by yelling, I also want you to look at what else are you taking care of in the house and how much are you feeling is your responsibility in the house? Yeah. Because that could be adding to your stress load. If you're trying to keep things calm because you're trying to control everyone's emotions, including your adult partner, then that's something that's good to like think about and look into. Yeah. Oh, and just to be clear, like I want to like make sure this is understood. So we're talking about how when you yell and how when you're when our kids hear us yelling at them in the morning, um, what effect that can have on their kids. And now we just said don't take on other people's emotions. Yes. We are not in this episode saying that you should be taking on that your kids' emotions, right? Oh gosh, I feel awful. I yelled at them. They're terror. Yeah. They're dealing with this fight or flight with all this, you know, heightened hormones going on right now, and it's all my fault. No, no. You can't take that on because you can't, you have no control over how they respond. Mm -hmm. What you have control over is yourself and what you can do next time, what you can do moving forward. None of us can change the past. No. So, so just work on what you can do. So again, let's like real quick, I would love to recap this for everybody. So you've had your morning, you're running behind, you didn't get out the door, you flipped your lid. What are some things that you can do? You can start by apologizing. Apologizing. Repair that relationship. Always. Comes from Dr. Tina Payne Bryson and Dr. Daniel Siegel in their books. Repair, repair, repair. Yes. You can Mm -hmm. model how you self-regulate there so that you can help calm yourself down if you can. If you you can. And if you can't, just tell them you're too angry to talk right now. Yeah. Like I do <laughs> all but, the time. Yeah. But I do have a little back. giggle. I'm like, <laughs> I'm so angry. <laughs> oh my gosh. That would be, I'd be I'm like, so oh angry. Lord. Mom no, lost her marbles. That's usually not what happens when I talk about my anger. <laughs> Mom lost her marbles. Mom lost her. Yeah. Yeah. But then, but then come back to the conversation. Come back and talk to your kids at another time when you guys are calmed down mm-hmm. and come up with a plan. Yeah. Discuss things. Decide like what you need to do in the morning. Decide what you want to do beforehand. And always, always, always communicate. Communicate, communicate, communicate your schedule with your kids. Yes. You do not have to keep your schedule all to yourself. Yeah. If you need to be somewhere, tell them like, I need to be out the door at this time. Yeah. And you could even be like, I feel really stressed this morning because I have this early meeting. Mm-hmm. Can you guys help me out? And usually if I do that to my kids, they're like, yes. See, it it really does make a big, big, huge difference. And if you don't want to have to take on these extra steps or you can't take on the extra steps of helping come up with the plan, Tame Your Morning Chaos is very helpful. I'm just going to throw that out there. That wasn't, that was, Joanne's looking at me because I wasn't supposed to necessarily say that. Oh my gosh. But yeah. Not talk about one of our courses, (laughs) Bree. How dare you? No, it's a phenomenal program that so many kids have gone through ages six to 10 and they've created their morning schedule. Um, through it, it's it'll help them think about the mornings in a different way versus you being in control to them being in control in the best of ways. Yeah. So. so now you took an out of control morning and put it in control. And we really, really hope that uh, this episode helps you. So remember, the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you. And we'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by.
When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.